These rocks have speakers in them. I hate flying. This is not an uncommon sentiment these days. Apart from possibly going to the dentist, I can't think of another aspect of modern living that is more loathed than flying. In fact, I think most people would prefer going to the dentist at this point. You know, if visiting the dentist were a form of travel. Which, if they give you too much nitrous, it sort of is. How did this happen? How did we transform one of mankind's greatest achievements into one of the most miserable experiences of modern living? We're talking about flying now, not nitrous oxide. When Leonardo da Vinci was coming up with all of his dude with a wing on each arm and wooden oar that spins really fast ideas, I don't think he was envisioning air travel as it is today. He was picturing a new era of mankind where we had escaped the tyranny of the ground upon which we had been enslaved for so many years. It was a glorious vision, and it did not involve taking off your shoes and buying three-ounce bottles of toiletries. When did this happen? When did flying become so terrible? Is my misery a byproduct of growing up, or is it a sign of the time in which we are living? The first time I flew, I was nine years old, and I was going to Disney World with my family. It was amazing. We boarded this enormous metal behemoth that went from zero to pretty goddamn fast in ten seconds and took to the air, hurtling us toward Orlando at tremendous speed. I looked out the window for hours, marveling at mankind's mastery of the skies, in awe of our technical prowess, fascinated by the tiny metal toilet which had no water in it. Now, though, I've become jaded. Now Sky Mall provides more moments of dumbfounded splendor than the sky itself. Wait, it's a rock, but you can hide your front door key in it? Amazing! I am by no means a frequent flyer, but I've flown enough to get a free flight here and there over the years. And even when the flight is free, even when I haven't spent a dime to travel thousands of miles at hundreds of miles per hour, I'm still miserable. I think... I could have redeemed these points for a gift card to the Olive Garden, but instead I'm in this aluminum tube breathing in recycled air with these fuckers and their little fucker children. Inevitably, I catch a cold, either en route or returning from my destination, and something gets lost somewhere along the way. In fact, the last trip that I took, the TSA confiscated my Swiss Army keychain. You know, the one that I had flown with for literally dozens of other flights without issue? The one with the flashlight and the USB drive? Oh, and the one-inch blade. Really, TSA? For serious? Did I have a certain je ne sais hijack plane in my eye on this particular trip? The guy with the dorky keychain and the board game and his luggage? I know it's always the quiet ones you have to watch out for, but come on here. I think if you can get a given object through airport security more than ten times, it should be considered off-limits for confiscation. It should get a little TSA-approved sticker, and whatever it is, whether it's a miniature Swiss Army knife or a giant that's-not-a-knife-this-is-a-knife knife, it should be considered safe for travel. And hey, if years down the road someone with one of these grandfathered-in carry-ons goes crazy and takes me hostage with their envelope opener or whatever, if I see that little TSA-approved sticker on it, I'll just say, Well played, sir. Well played. Beaten at my own game. I'd say flying couldn't possibly get any worse, but I think we both know that isn't true. It will get worse. In fact, just this past week, it did. 
The TSA is now requiring passengers to pose for their new high-tech x-ray machine, also known as the dick measuring device. Their terminology, not mine. I'm serious. Or an invasive pat-down. The official policy on the pat-down is the TSA official is supposed to pat up your inner leg until they encounter resistance. And I'm fairly certain that saying, hey man, don't touch my testes, does not count as resistance. Point is, flying just went from awesome to awesomer. Now the obvious villains here are the terrorists. You know, the terrorists. They're the reason we're jumping through all these security hoops. They're evil, they're ruthless, they're wily. Here's the thing, though. They got us to do what we should have done gone did years ago. Reinforce the doors to the cockpits of our planes. Game, set, match. This current path we've gone down of taking off shoes and throwing out water bottles and backscattering our naughty bits on computer screens isn't preventing any planes from getting hijacked. If it's catching anyone, it's catching the retardar terrorists. We're just making terrorists smarter. It's terrorist Darwinism. So no, the villains are not the terrorists. No, I think the true villain here is the shampoo lobby in Washington. They're more powerful than you think. Which is to say they have any power whatsoever. It's obvious, right? I mean, think about it. Of all the stupid policies the TSA has enacted, the three-ounce rule makes the least sense. However, if they're getting kickbacks for forcing us to buy all these tiny bottles of shampoo, all of a sudden it makes complete sense. This also explains why the TSA has no problem with giant bottles of saline solution. Mark my words, once Pantene moves into the contact lens market, slogan, put some soap in your eye, saline solution is the next to go. Fortunately, there is hope. Obviously, passengers have been fed up with flying for years. But now, now the airline staff themselves are showing signs of breaking. From that guy who grabbed a couple beers before deploying the inflatable slide and heading home, to that other guy who got so fed up he flew his plane into the Hudson River, change is brewing. Deep down, I can feel it. Oh, no, wait, that's just some guy checking for resistance.